Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, where two best friends tell each other stories about history, true crime, and other shenanigans. I'm Courtney. I'm Ashley. And Ashley's back! Yay! Yay. You dug out of your igloo? Um, I mean, there's a driveway, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just, we got like, I'm really bad at estimating snow depth, so anywhere from 14 to 18 inches of snow, overnight basically. So that was fun. And then my dad fell and broke his arm up near his shoulder so that was the day that we were supposed to record last week and I was like I should probably worry about him and his injury so shout out to Rachel for being the real MVP there and being horrified yeah that too (laughs) especially because she is the most innocent child (laughs) and I tend to make her either watch or listen to things that will scar her (laughs) Someone's got to, right? <laughs> I just remember I had I took a history history in film class and I was watching this. I would just watch films and she goes, I never knew what was happening because you were always yelling at your screen. And then there's just foreign watch, languages. You do watch TV pretty aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine uh, like Ashley and my conversations, but more aggressive. And one-sided because you're just screaming at the television. Yeah. Yeah can't do it at home because apparently it's not okay to yell at game of thrones how else are you supposed to watch that though well my dad decided to sit down and watch like i was watching the new season and he was sat next to me and i'm like yelling at the screen i'm like no no what are you doing stop being an asshole which can apply to so many characters i mean all of them but there are like five seasons of pent-up aggression there (laughs) leading into the season that we were just on yeah yeah so, and he's like, hey, I'm trying to watch it. I'm like, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> You're not doing refuse, it right. I refuse to watch the first two seasons with my father. It's a bit too awkward. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to starve <laughs> myself. So, Ashley. Yes. Since you, it's your turn. What are we talking about? Um, so, we're going to talk about the disappearance of Maura Murray. She was a college student in New Hampshire. Well, okay, so no, her college is in Massachusetts, but she disappeared in New Hampshire, and it's real weird. No one knows where she is. Like, even 10 years later, they're still technically looking for her, but, like, her family pretty much assumes she's dead now. Actually, it's been 14 years now. What if she's Carmen San Diego? I mean, she might be. I don't know. So we're going to start – I don't know how this is related – to the disappearance, but I don't know that it's not. So we're just going to talk about it. Um, In November of 2003, so three months before her disappearance, Maura admits to using a stolen credit card to order food from several restaurants. Um, She, it says the charge was continued in December to be dismissed after three months of good behavior. But like she never, she disappeared before the three months was up. So maybe that's why they included that. But, oh, um, you know what it could be? If she was planning on disappearing, she could have um, been practicing. Practicing? Like, seeing how easy it would be to use someone else's credit card, you know? Because if you disappear, you don't want to use your own credit card. But if, say, you use someone else's for a couple times and get rid of it... But I mean, she got caught. So maybe she didn't... She wasn't going to use that method. Testing. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so... Maura was a nursing student at UMass Amherst. I've been there. Yeah. Um, she was it's in the middle there. of nowhere. Yeah. Um, her family. Oh, I had this. 
Yes, and I deleted it. Her family lived in New Hampshire, I think. Um, so the evening of February 5th, so four days before she disappears, Maura was talking on the phone with her older sister. She has two older sisters and a younger brother, so she's the third of four kids. Um, okay. They were talking about her sister Kathleen's relationship problems with her fiancé. And around 10.30, um, while Maura was still working, she just, like, breaks down in tears. And her supervisor gets to her desk and, at, like, is trying to ask what's wrong, like, what's happening. And she, they said that she was just completely zoned out. No reaction at all. She's just unresponsive. So the supervisor... Um, escorts Maura back to her dorm room around 1.20 and finally, like, gets an answer, but it's just two words. She just says, my sister. So, wait, what does she do at, at, on campus? It's, like, a security job, campus security. Okay. Yeah, you kind of need to be alert. Yeah. That's good that her coworkers were like, hey, something's just not right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, we didn't know what the call was about until last year, and Kathleen publicly explained the conversation. Um, she said that Kathleen had been and still is a recovering alcoholic because you always are. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'd been discharged from a rehab clinic that evening. And on the way home, her fiance took her to a liquor store, which caused an emotional breakdown. Which I'm sorry. How do you think that's a good idea? You're a fucking dick. Oh my God. That's the hardest That's thing. That's the like, worst. First out. Right. Like, on the way home from rehab, hey, let's hit up the liquor store. You're an asshole. No. No. It's hard enough because I, like, I know people who are. It's hard enough. It's a day-to-day process. And some people go to 12 meetings a day, like, a week just so they don't have to, they have that support there. How dare you take someone right out to a liquor right. store? And someone that you love. Like, are you for real? What an asshole. I would have a breakdown. Yeah. And so Kathleen called Maura and they were talking about it. And that's why Maura was so upset was because she was afraid for her sister and her sister's sobriety. Yeah. Um, So that Saturday, uh, Maura's dad arrives in Amherst. Um, He says that they went car shopping that afternoon and then went to dinner with one of Maura's friends. She drops her dad off at his motel room and borrows his car. Uh, to go back to campus to attend a dorm party, <laughs> which I kind of love. <laughs> she gets there at like 10.30, and then she leaves at about 2.30 the next morning. Oh, I forgot about this part. So about an hour later, on her way back to her dad's motel, she hits a guardrail on Route 9 in Hadley and caused like $10,000 worth of damage to her dad's car. Fuck. Yeah. My dad would not. Oh, my God. I, Dude, I... I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd no, probably hide. Flip out. So the responding officer writes an accident report. There's no documentation of sobriety field tests being conducted. So like she may have been hammered. She may not have been. We don't know. Um, she So he takes her back to her dad's motel room and she stays in his room the rest of the morning. She calls her boyfriend from her dad's phone at like 449. But we don't know a whole lot about that phone call. And in then- the morning or at what? Like what time? Like four forty nine a.m. Damn. So yeah, in the morning. So she's had a rough night. Um, yeah. So later that morning, Fred, the dad, learns that the damage will be covered by his auto insurance. So he rents a car, drops her off, and heads back to Connecticut. So her parents are divorced. So mm-hmm. apparently, her dad lives in Connecticut, and I think her mom was in New Hampshire. But I might be wrong. Our tagline. <laughs> I might be wrong. wrong. <laughs> I might be making that up. So then, eleven thirty that night, when he gets home 
or after he gets home, he calls her and tells her, hey, don't forget to pick up the accident forms from the RMV and we'll talk again Monday so we can fill out the insurance claim on the phone. That's a good dad. Right? Like he's not, well, I mean, he probably was upset, but Wikipedia probably doesn't know the depths of his soul. So also think about it. He's probably okay. If it's 10,000 and damaged the car, he's happy. She's okay. Right. And that damage is covered by his insurance. So it's not like it's coming out of pocket. Yeah. Which is good. And she didn't get arrested. Probably doesn't reflect greatly on that three months good behavior suspended sentence. But, you know, we never really get there because the next day, so Monday, mm-hmm. is the day that she disappears. So, like, sometime after midnight, so after she gets off the phone with her dad late Sunday night, she uses her personal computer to search. God love the early 2000s. She searches MapQuest. Uh, for directions to the Berkshires and Burlington, Vermont. Can I just say, I know people who still use MapQuest. Oh, sweet baby angels. Why? Do they use Netscape to get there? What happens? No, it's my great aunt. She just likes it better. Oh, okay. Well, she's, she's in her 80s. Let's let her have it. We'll just let her have that one then. She's, she's <laughs> actually very technologically savvy, you know? An 80-year-old with a smartphone and knows how to, like, text better than my mom. That's not saying a whole lot. I love Kitty, but all right. <laughs> anyway, so the first reported contact Mara has with anyone February 9th, the day of, was at 1 p.m. She emails her boyfriend, I got your messages, but honestly, I don't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promised to call today, though. Um, she'd also made a phone call inquiring about renting a condo in the same Bartlett, New Hampshire condo association where her family had vacationed in the past, but she didn't end up renting it. They have like some detailed phone records on this girl because there's also like a phone call at 113 that says she called a fellow nursing student for reasons unknown. Why did I need to know that? Did she have a cell phone or? I don't know. It doesn't say... So when she called her boyfriend from her dad's phone, that was a cell phone. But I don't know. She might have not had one yet. So she might have had she might have had a room phone. That might be why it was so detailed. Maybe. <laughs> they could just, like, landlines, it's a lot easier to pull them up. Yeah, that's true. So 11 minutes after this random phone call to a fellow nursing student, so 1.24 p.m. Monday, she emails a work supervisor of the nursing school faculty that she'll be out of town for a week due to a death in her family, except... No one in her family had died. And, like, when they asked her family about it, they were all like, what? What are you talking about? No, no, we don't know anything about that. Um, She said she'd contact them when she returned. And then she calls again about booking hotels in Stowe, Vermont, which, like, that lasted about five minutes. So she may have actually booked a hotel in Stowe. I'm not sure. It doesn't say. But basically, she's looking to get the hell out of Dodge because, like, the Berkshires pretty far from well relatively in the midwest not that far but like pretty remote um stowe burlington like these are places that people vacation like to get away from stuff so she's trying to get out um she calls her boyfriend at like 218 and leaves a voice message promising to talk later um she packs clothing toiletries textbooks and birth control pills in her car I like this girl. She's planning to get the hell out of Dodge, but she's but she still, still getting done. Right. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to do my homework and take my birth control. We're doing great. At least <laughs> I have something to make me feel like I have my life together. Right. So later when they search her room, they discover that a lot of her belongings are like 
packed in boxes and like she took the stuff down off the walls. They don't know whether she did it that day, but like they're pretty sure she did it at some point between Sunday night and Monday morning. And then there was like a printed email to her boyfriend indicating that they were having some troubles in their relationship. Which, why would you, I don't, that seems weird to me. Like, why would you print out that email in the first place and then leave it on top of your packed boxes if you printed it out for a reason? Like, that, I, I don't understand that. So let's say she's planning to leave school. That's clear. Yeah. You pack your boxes, you're planning to leave school. Yeah. Why she would print out an email? Unless she felt like maybe he would do something to her. But then, like, why would you leave that on all of your shit? Why would you not? I don't know. It just, none of this makes sense to me. Unless she wanted people, like, whoever, like, saw the boxes, like, say your RA comes and checks on you. Yeah. To kind of be like, no, don't, I'm having problems with him, don't tell him, kind of a thing. Oh, maybe. But then why would you not just write that on the, anyway, I don't know. Because she's angsty, obviously. Maybe because we were super close to our RA. (laughs) Like, it's just, why would you not just tell them? Like, hey, this guy's being a dick. Don't tell him I'm leaving. I don't know. Anyway, all right. So she's also scared. Like, that seems like something if you're scared that you don't want people to know. Yeah. You make up a bunch of excuses and some of them might be true, but. Yeah, that's true. All right. So we know that around 3.30 p.m. she drives off campus in her black 1996 Saturn sedan. Woo woo! Um. The classes at the university had been canceled that day due to a snowstorm. So, 10 minutes after she leaves, she takes out 280 bucks from an ATM. She was alone, which we know because of closed-circuit footage. She buys, like, $40 worth of booze. So, you're going to love this. Um, at a liquor store nearby, she buys Bailey's Irish Cream, Kahlua, vodka, and a box of bronzia wine. This is my kind that of girl. That is such a weird <laughs> That's a weird combo. Combination. But I yeah. Like. <laughs> like the vodka's like, I'm gonna get hammered, but the Franzia's like, I would like to get wine buzz cheap. And then she's just gonna make some very, very fun coffee as well. With the yeah. Irish cream and Kahlua. So again, she yeah. was alone when she made that purchase because the security footage shows. That's gonna eat half of your budget she just pulled out. I mean, two hundred and eighty, she blows forty of it on booze, that's like that's uh dis no not great um, that's a little more than that <laughs> no it says she spent forty dollars on alcohol damn it i'm mad now can price can booze prices go back <laughs> right i i could spend forty dollars on two bottles bailey's and kalua alone now that's like boom half of that done although franzi is not that is, expensive so yeah. franzi uh, it's about 20 bucks for a box but of it's franzi like, Really? And it's like, but that's like that's like two to three wine bottles in there. All right. So she leaves the liquor store. She does also pick up the accident report forms from the RMV. Um, so she planned on go- talking so to like, her dad. Yeah. Then. So like she clearly didn't plan to disappear for forever. Maybe just like a day or two. Um, so she leaves Amherst at like three fifty. They assume she took ninety one North. She called to check her voicemail at like. 437, which is the last recorded use of her cell phone. So she does have a cell phone. Okay. Um, there's no indication. Well, they must have found her cell phone. Or, no, cell phone records, you can get them where they tell you who you call. I'm not sure. Um, says, to date, there's no indication she had informed anyone of her destination or evidence she had even actually chosen one. So she could be going pretty much anywhere. 
Um, at seven, sometimes after 7 p.m., a Woodsville, New Hampshire resident hears this loud thump outside of her house. And so she looks out the window, she sees a car up against the snowbank along Route 112, um, pointing west, but on the eastbound side of the road, so facing the wrong way. So she calls the sheriff's department in Grafton County at like 727 to report the accident. According to the 911 log, the woman claims to have seen a man smoking a cigarette in the car. But later, she says that she's not sure it was either a man or a person smoking a cigarette, but maybe like what had appeared to be a red light glowing from inside the car, so maybe from a cell phone. And about the same time, another neighbor sees the car as well as someone walking around the vehicle and um, witnesses a third neighbor pull up alongside the vehicle. So the neighbor who pulls up and stops is a school bus driver on the way home, and like Mm -hmm. they noticed... He notices that she's not bleeding or visibly injured, but, like, she's clearly cold and shivering. So he's like, hey, do you want me to call for help? Um, She asks him not to call the police. One police report says, quote, pleaded. But she assured him she'd already called AAA, and AAA has no record of any such call. Mm -hmm. Knowing that there's no cell reception in the area, the bus driver continues home. He calls the cops. That call was received at 7.43 p.m., He was unable to see her car when he made the call, but he did notice several cars pass on the road before the police arrived. Okay. Another resident driving home from work that day says that she passed the scene around 737 and saw a police SUV parked face-to-face with Murray's car. So she pulled over briefly but didn't see anyone inside or outside of the cars and decided to just keep going home. Um, That witness's claim, though contradicts the official police log which has Haverhill police arriving nine minutes after so the police log shows that Haverhill cops show up at 7 46 p.m so Haverhill is like a municipality I think in New Hampshire as well as a town in Massachusetts we have a lot of matching city names in New Hampshire to Massachusetts so I bet that could be a little bit confusing so Um, wait do they think that that witness is wrong or was there someone else they think that the witness is wrong i think um but like to me if she's not wrong that's a red flag because if the cop is actually there nine minutes before nine minutes before he logs being there what happened in those nine minutes yeah not that i'm trying to say that like i think the police i don't know offed her or disappeared her or whatever but I don't know. Or it wasn't a police car. It was a car that looks like a police car, too. Well, but, like, the S- the police SUVs up here are very obviously not regular SUVs. You know what I mean? They're, like, painted like a police car, but it's an SUV. Okay. Like, white car, black doors, or something like that. So it'd be kind of hard to, I don't know, maybe... So, anyway, according to the official police log, at 7.46 p.m., a Haverhill police officer arrives on the scene. No one was inside or around the car. The impact had pushed the car's radiator into the fan, rendering it inoperable. The windshield was cracked on the driver's side. Both airbags had deployed, and the car was locked. So, inside and outside the car, he discovered red stains that looked to be red wine. It's our buddy, <laughs> buddy Franzia box. Franzi has um, been shot. Franzi has been shot. He's down. He's down. Um, oh, that's a bad time to play the game Slap the Bag. It's a bad time. <laughs> it's too cold for that. 
Inside the car, the officer finds an empty beer bottle, the damaged box of Franzia on the rear seat, and a AAA card issued to Murray. The blank accident report forms, gloves, CDs, makeup, diamond jewelry, two sets of MapQuest driving directions to Vermont, her favorite stuffed animal, and a Not Without Peril, which is a book about mountain climbing in the White Mountains. Um, what he doesn't find Marie. are, well, yeah, Mora, her debit card, credit cards, and cell phone, none of which have been located or used since her disappearance. Uh, they also later reported some of the bottles of purchased liquor were also missing. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. I love the idea that, like, she crashes the car and is like, Kicks no, only I, the fuck this. I'm out. I'm taking my credit cards, my phone, my bottle of Kahlua, and I'm leaving. Um, but then that makes me sad because, like, what if she was drunk and falls somewhere and then just freezes? That's fucking awful. Yeah. Um, but then they would, she probably wouldn't have made it that far on foot, so they would have found her. Anyway, I don't, I, this is another one of my seemingly trademark unsolved disappearance stories because we <laughs> have no fucking idea what happened. Um, so, journalist Joe McGee, writing for the Quincy. Massachusetts Patriot Ledger summarized the incident as follows. At a hairpin turn, she went off the road. Her car hit a tree. At that point, a person came along who was driving a bus. It was a neighbor. He asked if she needed help. She refused. About 10 minutes later, police show up to the scene and Maura Murray was gone. Um, there's an alleged sighting of her after, like, that night after the accident, but then nothing. So between 8 and 8.30, um, a contractor returning home from Franconia saw a young person moving quickly on foot eastbound on Route 112, about four to five miles east of where her vehicle was discovered. He noted that the young person was wearing jeans, a dark coat, and a light-colored hood. He didn't report it to police immediately due to his own confusion on the dates, only discovering three months later when reviewing his work records that he'd seen the young person the same night she disappeared. So he didn't realize that the night that he saw her was the night that she vanished until like three months later when he was going back over his paperwork. And he was like, oh shit, yeah, that was the same night. I should probably report that. I mean, if you think about it, you see it, you're like, that's really weird and you keep going. And like, I see people like, this week I've seen like two or three people walking along the road up here and i'm just like dude it's snowing what are you what are you doing but like i wouldn't think of it as like oh they probably wrecked and like all of this i don't know it's not not that unusual but it's unusual enough that like if you saw it on the news that night you'd probably be like oh shit maybe i should tell someone about that oh yeah where i live you definitely think it was weird because there's no sidewalks no there's not here but people just like walk along the shoulder nope <laughs> Our speed limits are all like a 45, so if you you get hit, you're taken out, and you're going to go, and you can't really go anywhere except for in a ditch. In the summer, you see people walking, but... Yeah, I mean, here too, like, the road that I've seen people on is sort of like Route 112. It's 128, I think, where I saw them, and it's like, yeah, that's a 35, 40 mile an hour speed limit there. People just kind of walk along, but the shoulder is pretty wide, so it's not like they're, like, right at the edge of the... It's still it's not a great life decision but if you have no way else to get there because there's not like public transport up here really unless you're heading into boston so yeah no mine's like it the ways i had to get to your when you lived in dayton the way i had to get to your house some of the roads are like that and people like there's no shoulder really like even by my house there's no real shoulder so if someone pulls over to the side you're blocking traffic yeah 
Um, we have we joke we have like five hundred feet of sidewalk, <laughs> and it leads to Drug Mart. Everything <laughs> leads to Drug Mart. All right. So the responding officer and the bus driver drove the area looking for Murray. Um, just before eight p.m., EMS and a fire truck arrived to clear the scene. By 8.49, the car had been towed to a local garage. At about 9.30 p.m., the responding officer left. A rag believed to have been part of Mora's emergency roadside kit was discovered stuffed into the Saturn's muffler, which, that's fucking weird. That's weird. Who does that? Um, Authorities only refer to Mora as missing the next day, almost 24 hours after her last confirmed sighting, which to... Some people might seem strange, but that's pretty much standard operating procedure. It It's just... This case I mean, has been in, like, the media kind of a lot because it's just so fucking weird. Like, what, where was she going? What happened? Where is she now? Like... I'm going to give props to that bus driver, though, for... He's for like, I like, no, no, I'm going to help find her. Call. That's weird. I'm still going to call, and then we're going to look for her. Yeah. Like, that guy. He's, he's the great. real champ. Real champ, yep. Bus drivers can be the real champ. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have. So, do they have theories about where she went? or Not really, because she looked in such different, like, the Berkshires, Vermont, they're not that close to each other. Like, not where she was looking at the Berkshires, anyway. And then, like, she also looked in New Hampshire for a place, but, like, she, they never confirmed that she booked anywhere. So, they don't know what... Yeah, they don't know. So no idea. Yeah, it's just weird, especially like, so the route that the one guy saw her walking on, which was four, four or five miles away. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that would mean she covered four or five miles in about an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, so it's like not... it's doable, but not if you're if you're a couple of beers in. I don't know. My thought is maybe she wasn't drunk. She just didn't know the road and hit the hairpin turn. Well, no, probably didn't know the road, but, like, they showed, or they said they found an empty beer bottle, and, like, some of the (laughs) booze was missing. That stuff's heavy. If you're, like, and he didn't mention whether she was carrying anything. So, if not, either she dropped it and was like, fuck that $40, I don't need it, it's fine. Which, for someone who only has $280 out of the ATM... Seems unlikely to be that she'd be like, well, I'm just going to waste all that money. It's fine. She did disappear. She did a great disappearing act. Yeah. But then the question remains, if she did, why? Yeah. I don't what know. Was they, did they ever say what the problem with the boyfriend was? Not in any detail that I could find. Just that there was some hint of trouble in their relationship. And it sounds like like that weekend, he kept trying to make sure she was okay and she just didn't want to deal with it. So I don't know if maybe they'd had an argument or... Like, he knew that it was the weekend her sister was getting out of rehab, and he was worried. I don't know. It could be a lot of things. And, I mean, the thing is, I, I don't know if in, like, there are any abandoned cabins or stuff like that around where she crashed, because, I mean... It sounded like it was a fairly settled residential area. Like, I'm not sure now, because I only really know this area where I'm in, and even that, not super great, but it sounded like, I mean... There were three neighbors who either saw or came upon this pretty quickly, the scene of the accident. So it's not like there weren't people around. Yeah. I don't know. The muffler thing is just weird. Yeah. Like that sounds to me like either she did it on, she did it herself on purpose, planning to do who knows what, or someone did it to sabotage her. And in that case, how does that relate to her 
hitting the snowbank. Like, I don't understand how. And the fact that it was from her own emergency first aid kit bothers me because that means either she had to dig out the kit, tear up the rag, stuff it in the muffler, or someone else knew where the kit was, broke into the car, knew there was a rag in there, was like, yep, this will work, and then shoved it in the muffler themselves to fuck with her. Yeah. Either way, that's not great. That's not great because that means that they also could have been following her. Yeah, waiting for it to happen. So, I don't know. Not great. Yeah, so let us know your theories. <laughs> there there are several. Stumped. We've come up with like five and none of them seem 100% plausible. So, <laughs> I'm going to go with aliens. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going with aliens. Aliens. So, now we're going to go and thank all our wonderful people who reviewed us this past month. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. I think you also- went first last time. So the first one is D Brown 34 from USA. Thank you. Then we have Chelsea from Based on a True, Cri- a True Crime from... She's actually from Ohio, so hey! <laughs> <laughs> and then All Crime No Cattle podcast. I don't think they're from Ohio. They're from Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, but I feel like that's Texas. Um, our good friends from Australia, Brett and Morgan, what's up? Um, Landshark424, pretty sure she's from Ohio, too. I think that's Rachel, right? Yeah. <laughs> the nickname I gave her. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you, Jenna Marbles, for that idea. Landshark. Because <laughs> that's how she got that nickname, I think, was we were watching that video, and you were like, Rachel's a Landshark. Rachel was a land shark, still is. <laughs> She's awkward like a land shark. Um, okay, I'm gonna apologize. I'm gonna mess this one up. Absuanen from the U.S. Thank you. Uh, Pizza Ali. Pretty sure I messed that one up too. Sorry, but thank you. Uh, of Myth Myth and Mercy podcast. Thank you. And Lindsay from Thirty Three Percent Pulp. Thank you. And we love Hearts. you. We. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna just say their first book they do is about giant crabs, so <laughs> go listen. What? It's what is yeah. That? Oh, I love it. Okay. Oh, it's so good. Um, Bossy Pants sixteen. Thank you very much. I appreciate all the Bossy Pantses. <laughs> is that really the plural of Bossy Pants? Bossy Pantses. Yeah. All right. Um, Good Nightmares from Australia. Thank you. Something cheeky, ooh, Ooh. from the U.S. Thank you very much. We try to be cheeky. (laughs) It doesn't always work out. No. Um, Gallus Girl from the U.K., thank you. It's another great podcast about women women in history from the U.K. And then our our superstar Twitter follower, I'm going to mess this up, Shadira, Anastasia, Natasha, Monsanto Williams from the Netherlands. What's up? You win. We appreciate you. You win the best (laughs) series of first names contest yeah also the fact that you have i believe like hit us up on almost all our social media <laughs> double gold star for you yes and we love you okay so if you're thinking about offering up a topic feel free to message us in any form of our communication but as of right now thank you for listening to the cult of domesticity we are available on apple Podcasts, google play chorus spotify and podbean if we're not in your preferred app first of all congratulations for listening because i don't know how you're doing it um but let us know so we can get on that and remember to rate review and subscribe on itunes or wherever you listen or on anything to help spread the word or just force your friends to listen i mean that's the most fun way just hold them down put it uh, put their headphones on 
play it. You make it sound like we're some kind of torture mechanism, <laughs> which I kind of dig. Not gonna lie. We are a cult. We don't have. We don't. We also don't have. Uh, I don't know. We're. I guess we're your leaders. So, whatever you are, <laughs> devotees. Waterboard your friends. Make them listen to us. It's fine. <laughs> If you're into some less violent memes of coercion, uh, you could check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Domestic Podcast and at The Cult of Domesticity on Instagram to get the episode tip off, recipe of the week, and additional information about the week's topics. Um, if you'd like to suggest a recipe or topic, like Courtney said, you can reach out on any of the social media or you can email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if we did not, if you reviewed us on something and we didn't shout you out, just send us a screenshot of the review and we'll make sure you, we get you on that list. Um, also, we're on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I always forget about that. You worked so hard to get us there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all caught up now, I promise. We have to update I just it. finished. <laughs> I just did it. Okay, Ashley, high five. High five. Don't actually waterboard your friends. They won't say yeah, your don't, friends. Yeah, don't. Don't do it. It's a bad life choice.